Hi, this is Glenn Delakian, host of Tandem Radio, The Good News on Business, heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or on the web. Thanks for joining us for a special series, Building a Kingdom-Minded Company. Whether you're a business owner or just starting your first job, our desire is that God would influence every part of your life, including your business world. Mark Griffin, president of In His Name HR, which provides human resources consulting for many organizations, brings some fantastic tools on faith and work through his 12-part series on building a company for God's glory. Let's join Mark and host D. Kovac for this segment on Building a Kingdom-Minded Company here at TandemRadio.com. And today we're talking with Christian business consultant Mark Griffin about his company, In His Name Human Resources. In His Name HR is leading business as a kingdom-minded company. During this 12-part series, Mark will give you the tools to prosper as a kingdom-minded company. In this first segment, Mark, first off, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Dee. Great. Well, first off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to lead people in this way. Sure. I want to thank you for having me on on uh, today's show. My name is Mark Griffin. I'm a human resource professional. been in human resources now for over 20 years. Uh, I'm married to my wonderful wife, Gail, of 25 years, and I have two wonderful children, I reside in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Uh, I do human resource consulting. I do human resource consulting specifically for Christian-owned organizations. And I do this HR consulting um, primarily um, in the northeast um, area of the country, but I also uh, service organizations outside of that area as well. Wonderful. Well, let's get started. In this first uh, show, we want to talk about why anybody needs to build a kingdom company. Okay. So how do we build it? What is it? What is a kingdom company? What what is a kingdom company? What uh, a kingdom company is, is an organization, uh, primarily it's a Christian-owned organization, where the founder of the organization makes a decision to lead the company a little bit differently than they've led it in the past. Well, is that to say that there aren't Christians out there who are leading and doing it without calling themselves a kingdom company? Or what makes it different? The, the, the difference is that the, the Christian business owner has made a decision to be a little bit more outward with their faith. I see. And when we say that they're... Being more outward, is it that they are encouraging an environment? Are they coming out every day and making time for devotions or Bible study? Or is it in the way they themselves are carrying themselves? That's a wonderful question, and that's the question that, that oftentimes people bring to me. It's it's a, a question that's easily answered with, it all depends on the person themselves and the leader themselves and what they're absolutely comfortable in doing and, and what God has called them to do within their organization. We always start with one reference point when I work with, with, with a Christian business leader, and that reference point is I work with them to diligently focus on developing their mission their vision, and their core values for their organization. When we develop that mission and that vision and those core values, 
that really sets the the groundwork and the reference point on how we're going to do things within that organization moving forward. What do you find when people are trying to become a kingdom company? A business owner says to himself, I feel this so strongly, and I want to make this a part of my business. I think that at that point they've decided to make a declaration of how they feel and how they're going to operate. What other things besides making that decision in themselves? You've talked about the mission, the you know the values, the uh, the vision, all of those things. But you know, other than making that statement, that acclamation, where do they? Is it just a matter of putting together those those no, pieces? No, absolutely not. In fact, uh, developing a solid mission, vision, and the values. Is, is very complex. It's it's not something that the leader should go up onto the mountain and decide what the mission and the vision is for the organization. And, you know, some organizations do that, have worked for secular companies, big fortune companies, where a bunch of executives get on a plane, they go to Bermuda, they come back and they say, here's the mission of the company and here's the vision and you need to rock and roll. Well, I've learned by those secular experiences that they don't work. And if you develop your mission and your vision and your values in a vacuum as an executive team, they're going to falter. They're not going to get ingrained into the organization. Nobody's going to know why they originated. They're not going to know where they're going. It's just going to be, quite frankly, a piece of paper hanging on the wall. What kind of successes have you seen? Tell me about the people you have worked with who have taken these steps and the kind of benefits that they are reaping as a result. Sure. Let me walk back to the the, the mission itself. Um, In developing the mission for the organization, the leadership team is going to take a look at what their mission is and help define what that mission is. They're going to take that and they're going to take it to the hourly employees and the hourly employees are going to have input on that mission. Successful organizations as you're asking what what success has companies had from doing this, the successful ones always include all employees in developing the mission, the vision, and the core values. They're not going to be successful unless they include employees in that process. Oftentimes what I find is that the values that the hourly employees have are exactly the same values that the leadership has, They've just never really sat down and reconciled that. And the reason why I say that is I've brainstormed and facilitated what the values are for the leadership team and then separately brainstormed and facilitated the values for the hourly team and then uh, cross-reference the two of them, and they always match up. They seem to always match up. So it's remarkable that the values for the, the hourly people are the same as the leadership but oftentimes leaders think that the hourly people don't have it within them, and the hourly people think that the leaders aren't, aren't acting within the values. So when, when you ask about companies that have been successful in, in doing this, I have many, many examples and ways of infusing the mission, vision, values into the culture of the organization. What about the bottom line? Everybody's in business primarily to be able to do something where people can make a livable wage, and business typically is all about the bottom line. What types of benefits 
quantifiable benefits will companies or have companies seen as a result of becoming a kingdom company and taking these steps? Sure. The, 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 the benefits that companies can get from utilizing a proper mission, vision, and value is enormous. The, 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 the benefit is having employees on the same page, rowing at the same speed, knowing what is about to come into the future, knowing what it is they need to be doing on a regular basis. D, you would absolutely be shocked when I go into some organizations and when you talk to employees early on that they clearly don't know what it is they, they're supposed to be doing every day. It, it, it would blow you away that there's people that, at organizations that clearly don't know the mission of the organization or the vision of where that organization's going from five years to ten years. Just making small changes in direction for employees can have a huge impact on the organization. Um, there's just there, there's many, many examples to give you in that area. Okay, great. Well, the other thing that I am very curious about as you talk is we live in a society where you still can be ridiculed or you are afraid of offending anybody by stating your religious or spiritual beliefs. We live in a pretty secular world and universe. And what kind of things have you seen for people when they decide to make the step to become a kingdom company, things they have had to overcome in themselves or around them in order to do that? Sure. I love this question, Dee, because it, it hits it goes right to my heart personally because I made a decision in April of last year to launch my my human resource consulting company, and and my wife and I prayed over this, and 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 we really struggled with: do I call it in His name HR and basically out myself as a Christian uh, that is a Christ follower to my whole network? That was a little bit. It it made us a little bit nervous. I'm going to sure. tell. The senior VP at, uh, at secular companies that I'm associated with, that I'm becoming a little bit evangelical, uh, and, and, and this is what I'm going to do. What I found after announcing and letting everybody know, and I, I have over a thousand people I'm linked in with, and many of those folks are at big companies like Pepsi, Merck, Quaker Oats, Kodak, Lockheed Martin, the list goes on. What I actually found out is, I had more positive responses, even from folks that don't know Jesus, uh, than I did from the, the, the Christian world. Some of the Christian folks, friends, got really nervous. What are you doing, Mark? You're, you're going out. You're letting everybody know. What are they going to think of you? And what I found is there were more people that were like, wow, this is great. You really have faith in Christ. I want to learn more about it, Mark. Tell me more about it. I actually had a, a, a friend of mine blog about this and let thousands of his human resource contacts know what I was doing with my faith. So we can get nervous about it and we can say, oh, you know, it's politically correct world and we, we need to watch out. But there's nothing legally that says that we can't tell the world where we where, where we stand when it comes to Jesus. We can be outward and say, hey, I'm a Christ follower. Sure. Now, the, the line is you can't force people within your organization to believe a certain way. But you know what? We don't want to do that anyway. 
you don't want to force somebody to feel a certain way. You don't want to force somebody into a Bible study. Can you offer things? Of course you can offer things, but you can't force it onto people. And that's the difference. And when owners figure out that they can do things to share their faith without being illegal, without offending people, their companies change and their employees change for the better. And even the folks that don't know uh, the Lord get inspired because they go, wow, this is pretty cool that they're trying to do things right. What about, and this is, I guess, playing the devil's advocate, if you will, what about the sheep in wolf's clothes or the wolf in sheep's clothes, rather, who think that this is a marketing gimmick? Sure. I, I was forewarned by many of my close colleagues in human resources and Christian contacts and professionals to be extremely careful with the clients that I develop relationships with, and I am very careful. And I won't get into an agreement with a company until I meet with them many, many times. And I actually, they're vetting me, but I'm vetting them as well. I'm getting to know their hearts. I'm getting to know their pastors. I'm getting to know their people before there's even any uh, financial relationship with them. You're right. You have to be careful because I've dealt with organizations, I've worked with organizations where it was all facade, that they, they, they weren't Bible believers. They, they were doing things to hurt employees. They were taking advantage of employees. But then at the same time, they were saying they were a certain way and they weren't. They were, they were hypocrites. And, and we're going to find that. But I'm not going to stop helping and reaching the, the, the people that want to do the right thing just because there's a small percentage that are doing the wrong thing. Right. Well, I think that um, we've talked a, a good bit about uh, becoming uh, or what, how people, the things that they would want to think about in becoming a kingdom company, some of the pros, some of the cons, some of the deliberation, but it all boils down to the individual, doesn't it? The it, owner. Yes. It, it always boils down to the owner. It always boils down to the president and CEO that's leading the organization. Um, you can have a company that's owned by several Christian business people and then they hire a president and CEO that's not like-minded, that may say the right things during the interview process but isn't really a, a Christian. And that can be a, a difficult situation. I've run into that situation, quite frankly, uh, more than once, where the board would like to and the owners would like to move the organization in a certain way, but the president and CEO is fearful uh they they're they're not walking with the lord like the owners are and they're trying to poke holes into the effort to try to build a kingdom company well what i'm hearing is also that it is the seed is planted as with any project you must have a champion you need to have an owner of the project in order to be the driving force in order to get it done but that is a very individual thing and what you have said is that people at their own comfort level will take this walk. Um, I have an example where I had attended a seminar, and the material for the seminar on the front cover was a small cross. Nothing was ever said during the seminar, but during the question and answer session, one of the other participants asked the gentleman about the cross, and he said, 
because you have asked, I will tell you sure. why I put that. And that opened him up to be able to discuss to his spiritual core and what he believed. He wasn't pushing it on anybody, and he waited until the question was asked. And I'm sure that inevitably that question was asked many times. Sure. So there is something that's very passive about what he was doing, but that was what was comfortable for him, and that's what you're saying. And and that's how the mission, vision, values work. In, in, the, in the mission, vision, values statement of the organization, the, the owners with the input of the employees – and fuse things in there like this is a company founded on biblical principles. Uh, sometimes, depending on the organization, they may have a Bible quote in there. It, it all depends on the level of that ownership's heart, what's comfortable for them, the culture. Then when I take the sketch to the hourly people and I'm facilitating that discussion with the hourly people, I'll say things like there's certain parts of this that are non-negotiable. One part may be that it's founded on biblical principles. And more times than, than, than not, the employees will say, I know that's important to the owners. I know that they're Christians, so of course we want to keep that in there. These are great guys. These are great women. And we want to let people know that the company's founded on biblical principles. Sometimes I'll get an employee that says, well, I don't believe in that. Why should we have that in there if we don't believe it? And I'll say, you don't need to believe it, but you need to know that that came from the owners. And the owners want this for the next 20 years in, the, in their values. Oh, I understand. I'm not required to believe. No, you're not required to believe it. But it's important that the owners have that in there for the next coming uh, years. Well, uh, I think that we've made uh, a big impact and we've set the, the stage for the rest of the shows that we're going to have today. And we do have 12 parts uh, of our shows. So first off, uh, let's get ready and, and we'll be talking about becoming an actual kingdom-minded company. I want to thank everyone for listening. In our next show, Mark Griffin of In His Name Human Resources will discuss the kingdom-minded company. You've been listening to Mark Griffin of In His Name HR at Tandem Radio, the good news on business. Be sure to check out some of Mark's other segments at www.tandemradio.com. That's tandemradio.com. You can find out more about Mark and In His Name HR as well as other shows and videos on our website. Also, be sure to tune in every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or the web. Thanks again for joining us for the good news on business.